0: I've been collecting questions from children for years now. I, I want to share a few as we think about this parable today. Um, one of the questions that I love that I hear from children is, why do I have two eyes when I only see one thing? So, um, or if we, uh, there's another um, question, have um, you plants? Uh, if plants need rain and s- um, sun to grow and rainbows are made of light and water. Are rainbows essentially just plant food? Or um, how do people make the first tools if they didn't have any tools to make? Or what did it, like even my own kid says, what did it feel like when you were being born, I'm saying, where do you get these questions from? And there was a, a mother and a, a child in, um, I think it was in a restaurant or something, and and was sitting at this um, place at the table, and the child says, "Why are we here, mom?" and mother basically said, well, we're here to have lunch. And the child says, no, 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 no. Um, Why are we here on this earth? Uh, These big questions um, from children. Um, Sometimes we look at the parables of Jesus and we think that um, we're thinking that these parables are like Mick Light, um, you know, theology, or when we're looking at the Bible, we're, we're thinking at the very superficial things in life or making things that are very simple. Um, if you think that the parables of Jesus are Mick Light or very um, simple, I think you are wrong. Well, that. Th- felt really good to say that. We don't get to say that someone's wrong anymore. Um, But I'll say it again. If you think about the parables that are taught by Jesus, um, you think that they are simply just children's stories making complex things simple. You're wrong. You look at the person that you can't stand like um, Dr. Dibdahl talked about a couple of weeks ago. It was, you think about that person, and then you're supposed to become like that person That's not a children's story. That's not simple at all. Look at the story of the rich man and Lazarus. This is one of those complicated stories about people in the afterwork. You can actually see hell from heaven and heaven from hell. And this is a terrible story. It's like a horror story. Not a children's story. Consider the story of a man who was forgiven like millions of dollars, but then on the same day punished a person who owned them five bucks. That That doesn't make sense. That's not simple at all. There's something more complicated about that story. There's more. So when you're thinking about the parables of Jesus it's just a very creative way to say something um, where people are fundamental or people are trying to have good, solid truth in such a creative way, parables that's not what it's for you're wrong the parables are not set up to think for you on the contrary they are like a riddle or a puzzle it's a comparison about the nature of the word parable means to put something alongside of another and examine it well in other words it's supposed to cause you to think to move you to think for yourself. So the parables are not some um, bite-sized morals that uh, you get at a drive-through, like those statements we're always, you know, told to do and think about, be nice, love your neighbor, change the oil in your car, floss occasionally, save for retirement early uh, instead of later, all those things. No, that's not what the parables are like. They engage you to do all the work. So about the parable for us today so we just talked about the nature of parables a little bit but let's look at the the, the parable today that we're we're going to look at in Matthew 13. So if you have your Bible, open it up. You'll I want to I read every word, of course, but um, in this um, message here, we're thinking about things, um, the biggest things in life in this parable. Um, we're going to talk about the kingdom of God, and then um, we're also going to think about the biggest things to do, and we're going to talk about listening well. Wow. And then also um, in this parable, you see the biggest things to know. Um And I think that's about the good news, and it's probably better than you think or you anticipate. So first of all, um, the beginning, the, the biggest thing in life is the kingdom of God.
1: Not love, not.
0: Honesty or transparency or being nice or what about responsibility or justice? What about the things that are supposed to be important, the most important things in life? This (laughs) is the kingdom of God according to the gospels of Jesus. In fact, Jesus will talk more about anything than the kingdom of God. This is the King theme song of the Gospels, the kingdom of God. What, what are we talking about? We're talking about this. The, 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 even the disciples says, when going into the disciples um, or listening to the parable, and he said, they had to stop halfway through the parable in Matthew 13. He says, stop. Jesus, what are you talking about? And you can see it in, in verse ten here. So the disciples came to and said to to him to Jesus. He says, "What do you speak in parables all the time?" And he answered, it's because it's given to." know the secrets of the kingdom of heaven or the kingdom of God and and Matthew won't see the word kingdom of God because it's such an honor and it was a moment that's so holy you don't even say the word so when he's writing to the um the the Jews you won't use that word It'll be sparing. Maybe three times you'll see kingdom of God. 30 times this kingdom of heaven there. But Luke has no problem of just connecting those things together. But you see the kingdom of heaven and the kingdom of God. It's the same thing in the Gospels. But So you see that. But you'll notice this in this passage. You see in the beginning of Jesus' ministry in Matthew four seventeen, he says, from that time Jesus came preaching, saying, repent. For the kingdom of heaven is at hand. It's here. It's emerging right here into this place. Now, in the minds of the hearers back then, when they heard that, those, um, there, were, there were like two worlds, two spheres, two realities that they thought about. There was the, the kingdom, um, the old kingdom or the old world. And and my globe is struggling, but the world, the old world is filled with sin and brokenness and things like that. They live in this thing. They want to have redemption. They want restoration. They want honor from out of this place. So this world is not good. Right? And there's another world that's coming into this and it's gonna have a a collision and they're gonna come in. And the very center of this world into the other world, the new world that's gonna be filled with glory and grace and and goodness of God, the very beginning of that moment, that transition was going to be the appearance of the Messiah. And in this new world, world, this new way, the age to come, the new creation, so to speak, this would be the sphere of God's influence, its authority. The things that are so centered in the God's heart will be here in the very middle, and you will live in this Place, you'll be protected by this. You'll pay taxes in this world, maybe not the same way, but you'll see, you'll support it, you'll be um, loyal to it, you'll have a king and you'll have a kingdom. And the area that you'll have the authority in this world will be your heart. That is the kingdom of God. And Jesus is saying, At the very beginning, starting with these um, parables, he's saying the kingdom of God is happening right now. And that's why people were just wanting to hear about this, um, this preacher, this teacher. And at the very center of that message, the kingdom is here now, is that your response is to repent, to respond. Change your mind about this world. This world is not for you, this one is the new one. But you have to think differently about this world because that world, it's taught you a lot of different habits and thoughts and practices and rhythms of life. We live differently, so change, change your mind. And all of this, Jesus is saying, Throughout the parable, and not just this, but others, he's saying, Are you listening? Are you hearing me?
1: Are you getting what I'm saying about this kingdom? So, the kingdom there is a
0: king, there is a world, there is an area where there's authority, your heart but throughout the gospels it's surprising that you don't really have a definition of the kingdom of god i'm a person and i want to know what the definitions are what are the ramifications and what are the the boundaries of this there is no definition jesus talks about it all the time but never defines the kingdom However, you can find illustration after illustration of the attributes of the kingdom. The kingdom is now; it's here; it's um, a present reality. You'll know that the kingdom of God is in hand. According to Luke eleven twenty, it says that by the f- by, it, when it's when the finger of God is going to hand out. Um, demons out of a person, then you know that the kingdom of God has come upon you. It's here. The kingdom of God is a gift. Um, He's saying I'll give it to you as a gift. The kingdom can be received according to Mark 10. Um, The kingdom of God can be entered in like a door. The kingdom of God is preached. It's something to proclaim, to announce. It's the most important thing you should listen to at that moment. There's another um, illustration when someone simplifies the law of love with devotion to God. It says, You are close to the kingdom in Mark 12 34. Jesus saw this person to respond well to his questions, and he said to him, You are not far from the kingdom of God. It's like on your doorstep. I'm just earnest for
1: you, enter in.
0: There are heroes in this kingdom of God. You'll see it all the time, but it's kind of an upside down um, world in this place. Like the kingdom of God is coming in into this place and you'll hear it and somebody will say, it's right here, it's right there. You could see it. But He says, it's actually inside of you. In um, Luke seventeen twenty one, the kingdom of God is not coming in ways to be observed, nor they um, say, look, here it is here or is there. For behold, the kingdom of God is in the midst of you. That actually means it's within you or it's in your grasp. It's right there. Heroes, things that are upside down, the least in the kingdom are the 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 heroes they're the best. Kingdom is ox is also a thing that's the, a future reality as well. Um, people were praying for the kingdom to come, and um, and there'll be seeing the kingdom of God in the lifetime, in the future. So when you're looking at it and describing this kingdom, it's not just a present reality. It's not just something that's future. It's also something that you have to have a relationship with this kingdom. You can see it throughout the gospel. It says you can seek the kingdom of God. You can press in to the kingdom of God. You can cut up anything on your body that's going to stop you from entering into the this experience of the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God, according to Luke 9, says it's for the decisive people. It's not for people who are just going to wane and wait for a better opportunity. It's for those who will make that choice. The kingdom of God is actually synonymous of life in Mark nine forty three. You can enter into the kingdom only with a childlike spirit. You can only enter in the kingdom of God with a forgiving spirit. You can only enter the kingdom of God as you help humanity by meeting their needs.
1: The attributes of the kingdom. It's illustrated parable after parable. Sadly,
0: you can refuse the kingdom of God. You can actually lose your opportunity to enter the kingdom of God. And the privilege of entering into the kingdom can actually be taken away from you, according to Matthew 8, verse 11. So in all of this, there's no definition. If there's one definition that's close to just in one moment tells us, what is the kingdom of God? It's probably in that prayer that Jesus taught the disciples to pray. Remember that prayer in um, Matthew 6? And it was something that we read it and we pray it as as like a, a poem almost. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. And then here it is. Your kingdom come, your will be done. And then we always put a comma, and we 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 pause because well, it's like the 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 po- po- tra- It's like it's, it's the rhythm of how you say a poem. If you just read it out as one sentence, it's different. Your kingdom come, it's gonna happen. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Say it together all in one sentence, and you see it. The best definition of the kingdom of God is when what we do in heaven is now how we live on this earth. Here, you can see it. You'll see things that's so strange from this world. It comes from another
1: world. Forgiveness, grace,
0: patience, <laughs> any of these things that are so pervasive in the kingdom of God is now in this place. You see it. You can taste this part of heaven in this life. This is what it means to be in this kingdom, even though I have authority in my life or I live in a world that the city has authority over me and the country and I live in a different world. So the kingdom is um, not defined, but it is called for us to respond. And it's always illustrated so you can see the attributes for us to dive in and enter in this life, that this world that's coming in, but it's already started because it starts in our heart, not just in our lifestyle. So the beginning the biggest thing in life is the kingdom of God in um, this parable. I think in this parable, the, the, big, the biggest things to do are pretty important as well. In this parable, in Matthew 13, the most important thing to do is to listen, to hear, and to hear well. Now that's a downer for some people. Some people are already changing the channel and moving along to something else. That's what it's talking about in this parable. I don't know if it's not, um, you know, um, controversial enough, but it's just saying, no, Jesus, the one thing he's going to repeat throughout this parable is, listen, understand what I'm saying. It's pretty simple, but you have to listen it's not complicated, but you have to listen to get there. Listening well is hard work. If you sit there and think, oh, I'm such a great listener, it might be true, but listening is, what we do, we enter into a conversation with people. Is the difference between having a, a, a debate or a, um, a conversation. It's, it's, it's like a dialogue that it's going back and forth, but it's, This is a little bit different. It's when you give the floor for somebody else to speak into not just your mind, but your heart and your life, and to to adjust you, to
1: posture you, to give room for
0: wisdom and cues. I know it's hard to do um, because most of the time, in order we have to do when we're having a conversation with people is we really do have to be using our stories as well to make sense of what, what we're hearing. So there is this um, tension back and forth, but there's something that's going inside of our hearts when we're listening to other people, whether we're listening to the message of God or another person, it's that your, your voice is coming into your ears as well. All your uh, things that you, are, you believe and your convictions and things that you are like sticking points for you, you get them right and you'll hear that. And all of that, it's a part of listening and you'll hear it. Um, Jesus says, when I speak in verse um, 11, in chapter 13 of Matthew. It says, why I speak to people in parables? Because um, seeing they do not see and hearing they do not hear. And they just don't understand. So that's the, the key action is we're supposed to just absorb and allow this to change us. But that's difficult in our world, especially in our Western world. In the Eastern world, we think differently about whole about out information. Um, in fact, in the Old Testament, we don't even find the the word brain in the Old Testament. They, where they think with their brain, it's the heart, and it's connected. It's Intellect, it's experience, it's hope, it's faith, it's all the different things, it's evidence, it's all connected into one central place. So there's no brain, there's no Western thought where you have the things, it's the physical things and the idea things. It's all there in the heart was the very center of all of it. And he's saying, I'm going to tell you a parable. And he gives the um, the context of all of the kingdom. And then he's going to say, I want you to listen really well. I want you to think well. Are you ready for this? And then after doing that, we go into the, the parable. And by now, we're done. It's, oh, it's just about ready. It's over. It's a very simple um, story. But all of the things that we need to have happen to organize your mind and your heart to be able to respond, the key action That's a lot of work just to set it up. It's almost like when you're painting a house, you have to mask everything to make this thing ready. And it's like hours and hours and hours. And then you paint it like a spray with like two hours and it's over. But this is the same way with some of the parables. Matthew 13, Jesus tells the parable. He says, a sower went out to sow. And as he sowed, some seeds fell along the path, and the birds came and devoured them. Other seeds fell on the rocky ground where they did not have much soil, and immediately it sprang up, it grew fast, but since they had no depth, and the sun rose and scorched the plants, and since they had no root, they withered away. And other seeds fell among the thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked them, and, and other seeds fell on good soil, and produced grain, and some hundredfold, and some sixty, and some thirty, and at the end he says, "'Hear, he who hears, let them hear.'" So, we know in this parable it's pretty clear the sower is God, and we see the seed is the message of the kingdom of God, and the gospel or the good news of God. And then we know the soil is the nature and the condition of the hearer's heart. So, now the best thing that you can do now you have the the biggest things in life, the biggest things that you can do, and now the best thing that you can know is about the nature of the heart, the heart of the sower and your own heart, those two things. We know the sower, when when you see the heart of God, it's unmistakable in the gospel. You'll see it more and more by actions and the words, but you'll see it together. But it's also so important for you to know your own heart and know it well, so the soul, the soil of this parable is it's about how our response to the gospel. So on the first um, example is on the path. There is no foothold for the seeds that hit on the path. There's no foothold. There's no place for the the seeds to actually cling to. And you put seeds in the ground, it needs to have dirt and material around it, at least two or three sides of that seed for it to be able to catch and grow. And so there's no foothold. There's no place to grow. And it's clearly about people and their hearts are not ready to hear. They're not listening. They're listening to other things, but for one reason or another, this message, this beautiful, precious message is just falling on cement. And it's sad. Some will try to change the message of the kingdom and try to make it a little bit more acceptable acceptable, easier to accept and and, and to see that maybe everybody's going to be okay. They're not. And many of them are going to say no. It doesn't mean they're um, completely lost. It's just simply saying they're not listening right now. And if you're not listening, you're in trouble. You're ready for destruction. The good news of this is that we do have a good sower and he'll keep trying. So, on the path, you'll find people in our life that's like that. And you'll know it. They're just not ready. Maybe that's someone. Most of the people who are listening right now, they would have turned off the channel or moved along to something else by now. So if you're still listening, you're still reading, you're not on the path right now. But you might be like someone else that has different soil. The second soil of the example here is on the rocky soil. This initial growth, it happens um, almost instantaneously. We see that with kids. We put seeds into a cup and you'll see it in a few days. You'll see things growing. And it's almost like those mountain moments or the retreats or conferences where it's, everything is set up. It's so perfect. It's almost like summer camp or Disneyland or whatever it is. Everything is there. Nothing bad is going to be in your experience. But reality is not like that. And you'll have hard moments. And it's going to get hot. And it's going to be dry. And it's going to be struggling. And you'll need to have something a little bit more. You have to have more depth, and I think a lot about the roots. I have a little farm around. I live my house, and I think about those things. And I can actually see these um, these plants. They 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 grow, but then they're waiting. I'm saying, why? Is my favorite thing is called the um, it's a, it's a, um, a spinach malabar. I like saying malabar, but this is a beautiful spinach and it's growing and it grows up about six inches and it just stops for two weeks. And I'm thinking, what am I doing wrong? I know what's going on on the other side of the ground. Underneath the ground, those roots are finding deeper areas because that that spinach is going to go straight up a vine all the way to 10 feet. And in order for it to do that, you've got to find a, a stable place. So right now, when you don't see anything that's going on, this hidden work that's going on in a lot of people's lives, there's something that's growing, and that's what happens in the rocky soil. It's not happening. It, there's no depth. We go to one thing, to another, to another, and it doesn't have depth. And that's what it's talking about in the ro- rocky so maybe you just love to have the experience, the feelings, or maybe you're just gonna make sure that your service that you're gonna go to is one that's gonna feed you, but if you you're going on a service and you don't find anything good, you your experience like it's struggling, that's that's the rocky soil. You don't need to have somebody serve it up to you all the time. You're going to grow. You're going to find it. You're going to see it. You're going to sing a song, even if it's not your favorite song. Why? Because you have that depth. That's not in the rocky soil. Find places to grow in there. But that's describing the heart. And there's another one here. the Those who are choked with the weeds, those Weeds are very common in our lives. There's a lot of competition. There's a lot of things that are choking from that everything is competing for the nutrients in your life. And you can have good things in your life, but the key in this um, soil is you need to understand that there are priorities. There are things that we have to do. And there are some things you just set things aside so you can make sure you can feed. Anyway. That one's probably uh, is so obvious, you don't need much of application. And then there's the good soil. What's good soil? I talked to a farmer this week, my neighbor, Jeff Dietrich, and I said, so what's, what's good soil? I mean, give me the composition, you know, potassium. What, what, what are the things he looked at me and he just said, Does it grow food? (laughs) Does it grow?
1: And I think that's it. The combination
0: of the soil, it's good. You can grow anything. So when I'm thinking about that, I'm just going to say a few things that I think I know. Know this, that if you're on the path and you don't think this gospel or this message or this kingdom of God is even necessary or relevant for you. I hope you will find it later. I hope you'll have another opportunities and I know it will. God will reach out to you. It'll chase you down. I know this. I know the sower well, but
1: God will chase you. He'll find a way, but
0: your heart is yours. You have to respond. Know this: If your heart is like the
1: rocky soil,
0: the rocks are so difficult for you to find depth. You have a um, attention span, or whatever it is. You 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 quit easily on the things that you make decisions on. Maybe you start well, and you don't. Know this: You are not alone. You keep learning you keep growing, you're not going to change it by getting a transplant or an excavator or things like that, you will grow. The key is know that you need to seek for things deeper. You might find that one person thing in your life that's in, that is a problem for you. Find help, ask, pray with somebody. Say, no, this is embarrassing, but I really need some help. I don't pray genuinely. You might say to somebody else, "I'm struggling with honesty. Help me." Do some of those things that way. The things that are going to help you grow deeper in the kingdom of God. Reach out and help. Know this: <laughs> there's a lot of competition in this world today. Know that you're not alone. Ah, uh, know this too. That this is good soil and it grows fruit and it's not pristine. Know this you'll grow f- fruit, vegetables, food, even if your soil is not pristine. You can grow a lot with soil that still has some problems in it. But that's the message. It's likely that, guess what? In every heart here, I think, every soil is in my life. I'm on the path sometimes. Parts of my life, I don't want to listen. I'm not listening. <laughs> Others, I have a lot of competition. In other areas, I just I haven't really thought through this thing very well. And then I have places in my life that, man, it's fertile, it's growing. I love it. Is it possible that all these souls? can be in your heart today it isn't for me I was thinking about this my son when he was about five years old he came from school and he's very competitive so he asked me is this a uh, a competition with um, growing things like what do you want to grow he says do like corn I said, all right, let's do corn. We got seeds. We put them in the side of the, the house. The water goes on automatically for the sprinklers. We didn't have to do anything. The sun goes up. There's no shade. It's ready to go. So every day I did my side. He did his. Same um, soil, same water, same um, weather, everything. On my side, it was growing. In his side, nothing. And every day we'd go out there. It's about 13 days. you got to start seeing samples of this. And mine is starting to grow. And I was saying, yes, I'm winning. And then my son is saying, what's going on? What's going on? And I was just watching. I said, this doesn't make sense. And instead of just doing our routine where I go home, And he gets a snack, and I check the email and things like that. I went upstairs, and I watched what was going on. And I noticed that the problem was that every day, Cameron would go into that area and took a spoon, and he started to look at all the seeds to see if it was growing. Every day, he would would dig it up and then pack it back down and pick it up, and to see if it's growing, it doesn't really work this way. Your job is not to grow yourself. It's inside of you. The seed is created in this way to flourish and grow. Your job is to respond to this, to listen, to respond, and do, and be who you're created to be in this kingdom of God. Are you ready to do that? God, as we sing a song together and we respond to the word and we listen to the music that you created into our hearts to permeate our thoughts, help it to find good soil. Today, if there's a reason why we need to get rid of something out of our lives to say, no, I I need to just... Get rid of this, to stop, to move to something else. Give the courage to do that. Maybe we're so just competitive. All the things in life. we can't choose well what to do. I pray that you'd give us the courage to say yes to one thing. And then say second and third to other things. Help us to do that. And Lord, when we have that good soil growing, we might grow a little bit, we might grow a lot. That's your job. Thank you for the grace that puts us into a place that we flourish in the kingdom of God. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Again, thank you for joining us this week. We hope that the service was a blessing to you and we're so glad you worshiped with us this Sabbath. Please let us know where you are joining us from. You can send us a message on our social media, on Facebook, on Instagram, on our church website. And we pray that you have a wonderful week and God's richest blessings go with you.